Yeah. Let's take them back. Uh-huh. Coming up, I was confused. My mommy kissing a girl. Confusion the curse coming up in the cold world. Daddy ain't around, probably out committing felonies. My favorite rapper used to sing, check, check out my melody. I wanna live good, so shit, I sell dope for a full finger ring. One of them go roast. Nana told me if I pass, I get a sheepskin coat. If I can move a few packs, I get the hat. Now that'd be dope. Welcome back. We are back with another edition, a special edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, Jenna Barry, and my co-host, Matt Walker. Uh, I came up with a last-minute kind of idea for this. We're halfway through the NFL season here. Week 8 is done. Week 9 is coming up here. And I thought, we're halfway through. Have I learned anything? So what have we learned halfway through the season? And uh, Walk's been telling me. He did very little prep for this, so I, it was my idea, and I have a few things here. So I will lead off and walk. Whenever you want to jump in, feel free to cut me off and run with it. So I'm going to start with this, and you're going to like this one. I'm too high on Memphis running backs. <laughs> I, I, I love Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell. He, he came out of the gates hot, got, got replaced. He's still in a decent timeshare, but n- not what I want him to be serviceable flex guy, you know, in bi week season, but uh, way too Kenneth high. Kenneth needs to stay off of Instagram too. All right. I, I, I'm unfamiliar with this. Nah, he was, he was arguing with someone on Instagram during, at halftime of the Eagles game. Really? Isn't that against yeah. the rules? But that, that's neither here nor there. All right. It should be. And come on. That just tells me everything I need to know about Kenneth Gamewell. True story. Near and dear, a man near and dear to our hearts. Antonio Ooh. Gibson. It's a wash. It's done. It can't be saved at this point. The The upside was there. It was never realized. Now he's a fumbly backup. No, thank you. Uh, Daryl Henderson, there's a reason he was not on an NFL team to start the year. <laughs> he's getting a ton of work. But when that team is healthy, he probably goes back to the practice squad. Never been high on him. I, I hate that I have to be high on him now, just the way it's shaking out for the year. And we talked about him on our weekly episode this week. Tony Pollard, uh, sometimes less is more. He is an outstanding 1B, but when he is tasked with being the 1A, and it could be Mike McCarthy, but hey, that all factors into this. He has been a pretty big letdown this year after a RB1 finish a year ago in a timeshare. So I, I got to temper my expectations for these uh, Memphis running backs in the NFL. Well said. And not because they're not talented. They're not being used appropriately, right? Tony Pollard should not be a between-the-tackles grinder. You know, we saw why he's successful. And then Mike McCarthy said, Kelmore, get the fuck out of here. We're going to pound you up the middle on a one-year $10 million deal, Tony Pollard. You're going to be absolutely useless from a fantasy football perspective. Antonio Gibson, not done yet. He just got, got to get out of Washington. He needs a fresh start. The rest, yeah, Daryl Henderson, sure, he he led the Rams in receiving on Sunday. So uh, he's, he's not dead, but he's not good either. And then Kenneth Gamewell, I, I was never I, – I wasn't that enamored when the Eagles drafted him. I just – he was my least favorite of all of them. He's truly a receiver that played running back at Memphis. I thought these other guys were capable pass catchers that were going to excel as a running back. So Gamewell was my least favorite of the four. And, of course, he lands on my Eagles. But you're right. Um, sometimes we, we, we get a – you know, rose-colored glasses with some of these guys where we just we just want the best. And they're just not meant to be bell cows. They're meant to be change-of-pace guys, you know, ancillary pieces in an offense. And these these four have proven pretty pretty true to that where they're they're better in a secondary role. You know, you were just trashing Gainwell a bit. The funny thing with him, if you if you bake in their cost, Gainwell's probably the best of the four. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, all right. What I've learned is uh, the NFL needs to stop paying running backs. Just all together. I mean, it's it's this is it is tried and true as it comes. You need to burn these guys out on their rookie deals and, and move on. Because when a Zach Moss is RB four and a Kyron Williams is RB eight and an Isaiah Pacheco is RB ten, and Raheem Mostert, old Raheem Mostert, is RB three on the season from a fantasy football perspective. Not only should the NFL stop paying for him, we should stop paying up for these top running backs. Um, a lot of people that have the zero RB or hero RB theory are, are being proven right yet again, um, where if it's not Christian McCaffrey, who is just alone at the top um, as the 101 
uh, or the running back one, you know, the rest of these guys, it's, you know, it's a uh, clear, you know, opportunity <laughs> is going to lead to production. But, you know, they, the Indianapolis Colts went and paid Jonathan Taylor a truckload of money and Zach Moss. They still can't take him off the field because of his production um, thus far. So, I'm going to have to fully reevaluate uh, my perspective on running backs going forward, especially with how hyper specialized they're getting in a lot of these backfields where it's all RBBC. Considering we didn't talk about this, this goes right into my next one. You, you pretty much covered it, but I, I wrote zero RB always works. I, I tend to think these things are cyclical, right? So a couple of years it works, a couple of years not so much. But you you listed a few guys, but let me break down the list because I jotted it down. <laughs> these are your zero RB running back ones. Raheem Mostert, running back three. Moss, you mentioned, running back four. Swift, running back five. Kyron Williams, running back eight. Even missing what he missed. Two games so far, three. Isaiah Pacheco, who people liked, but he's a zero RB later guy. Running back nine, Brian Robinson, 12. Okay, so those are the RB ones. And then I said, let's see who's in the two area. Gus Edwards, RB 18. Ford, RB 20. David Montgomery, RB 22. I said, okay, we got RB ones, RB twos. What what about RB threes? Let's dig. Jalen Warren, 27. Jaleel McLaughlin, 31. Justice Hill, 34, and, and Chuba Hubbard, 35. So I, I didn't count the total, but that is a shit ton of startable week-in, week-out running backs that you probably were all drafted after round seven. It's pretty nuts out there in these RB streets. Which is also, yeah, and just you know, dovetailing back to just the episode we just recorded, when an opportunity hits the market like a Leonard Fournette does midseason, you better pounce. Because all it takes is an injury, you know, for for someone to pop like this. Um, and Fournette has has proven it in the past, and now he only has to hold up for half a season. He could be playoff push Lenny for our fantasy football rosters this year. But yeah, it's been you know just looking down that list, it's like oh, you know, as a as a guy in my home dynasty who had you know as Nick Chubb and J.K. Dobbins on my roster who are now IR'd on the season. Joe Mixon, who up until last week sucked. Tony Pollard, who oh great, we they franchise tag him. He's getting all the work. Not the work he needs to be getting. My best running back's been Isaiah Pacheco on the season. Yeah, in, in that in that league, it's it's nuts uh, when when you think about it. But yeah, we need to uh, move off of these running backs quicker than ever these days, or they're going to be worthless for us. So um, great that we were like minds um, as far as that's concerned. For me, I'll just jump over to receiver now, and it's you know. Uh, Sometimes opportunity is all that you need. And Adam Thielen is PPR wide receiver eight on the season. Puka Nakua, while Cooper Cup was out, produced a lot of his wide receiver four production uh, at this point in time. I mean, just some of the guys you did, names I did not expect to see be amongst the top in the game where it's, you know, you're seeing Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs, clearly at the top, Jamar Chase sitting right there, five Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, Amon Ross St. Brown, CD lamb. You know, these names, names you expect in your top 10 Puka Nakua and Adam Thielen for a litany of different reasons should not <laughs> be there, but they are. And it's because Puka has seen 85 or sorry, Puka has seen 89 targets in a year. Good for second in the NFL. While Adam Thielen off with a bye has seen 70 targets on the season. It is crazy what you can do with volume. You mentioned Thielen, which brings me to another point altogether, which is a, a, a personal one. I, I, I know what I don't know, but I don't know how to, how to fix it. And the, the problem I'm having is I don't know when to sell older players and what to get back for them, right? So you mentioned Thielen. He's fucking exploding at 33. Now I can put him out there, but who, what's anybody offering? No one's offering you a first for him. And, and if, correct. But no, 
if, if you have a competitive team, he's worth more on your team right now than a second. A hundred percent. Yeah. You have to evaluate if, if you can win it this year, then you have to hold him and you ride this out. You're willing to let him die on your roster. If he can help you win a championship. And and, and I not, did this a ton with to try and move him for any second would be my, this fault. happened to me with Edelman. I had Edelman everywhere and I just had to eat it because my teams were decent enough that losing him would have sunk them. But, you know, keeping him was necessary. I mean, I wrote it. I jotted a couple other names down. Aaron Jones. What's a contender going to give you for Aaron Jones right now? A late second, a second, but it's a contending team. So they're giving you a late second and that's not a fair value for him. I'm going to be honest. And it hurts to say it. If I'm a contender, I'm not trading my late second for Aaron Jones. Let's let's assume he has two good weeks in a row. I mean, yes, right now. Yeah, I mean, okay, we're just that's that's a, that is a saying, tough assumption to make right now. But, yeah, but, I'm saying good Aaron, that's Jones, not on Aaron yes. Jones. That's you know his he's still. I mean, he, I think even this last game on a on a per touch basis, he was still super efficient. It's just this this Packers team is a nightmare. It's not going to get any better um, anytime soon. So, but yeah, he doesn't help me. I mean, yeah, four point one yards per carry. He. Caught four or five passes for 17 yards, 4.2 there. Not good on a yards per reception basis, but, you know, only saw what, 11 touches and turned it into, quick math, 46 yards. I mean, he's he's still, yeah, on a good team. If he, if he got traded to an actual contender, not from a fantasy perspective, from an NFL perspective, I'd be yeah. interested. But he's just not getting the, the volume. They can't run it enough because they're not good. And Jordan Love can't use him as a pass catcher the way that Aaron Rodgers did. But then, and, and you know, you look at other guys. Like, what do you do with Austin Eckler? He's pushing thirty. Oh. He's getting he's getting nicked up. Is anyone paying a first for him or multiple firsts? Where you're talking about a guy who was you know top three running back for a couple of years. What about Nick Chubb? Late twenties, coming off a giant injury. The guy was fucking amazing till he blew his knee out. You. I just can't get the the value I want on these guys. And that kind of goes to, to another thing, which is like, I'm, I have such trouble trading. And we talked about this a bunch before too, which is especially in longer running dynasty leagues, right? You you've built this roster over a series of years. It's full of quote unquote, your guys, because it's your team for three, four five years at this point. No one is ever willing to pay, <laughs> you know, me and you like a lot of similar guys. So we'll value them similarly in trades, but like whatever pick, we'll just say Thielen, you you know, I'm a Thielen guy. No one's ever going to offer me what I want for Thielen, even at this age. But, you know, we, we talk about him. It's a little different scenario because he's old as shit, but yeah, I, I just don't feel like anyone even sends me offers that I'm willing to counter. Like I'm so far off in value from most people I play with. Like I can't even get a deal done. Yeah, I don't disagree. And listen, uh, Austin Eckler has reached that every time he gets tackled, I'm afraid he's not going to get up portion of his career because he's not just popping up anymore, um, <laughs> which is concerning. And the Nick Chubb thing, it's, it's like I do, <laughs> right? Because yeah, yeah, right. I mean, he's looking for help. Like he really is. He's looking for a hand. Someone help him up every single play. He's not explosive in the run game. I mean, he still can get you there in the pass game, but he just doesn't. He doesn't look good between the tackles, um, running the ball, um, which sucks. But yeah, I mean, these are these are die on the vine guys at this point. Chubby, I mean, what are you going to trade him for? Someone offer me a third right after the injury because that's a low risk investment for them, right? I mean, how many times does your third round pick pay bear any fruit? I declined it because I'm like, well, shit, I. At, for that, I'm going to sit and just put him on my IR and hope for the best, you know, because he's proven once that he can come back from this. But now he's years older, you know, it's the same knee, which now is going to, I mean, this, later in life, this dude's going to be in, for, have, a, have a rough go of it, you know, from a day to day perspective, yeah. because you're, you're just, it's, it's not going to be, it's going to be arthritic. He's got some cane, cane shopping trips in his future. Yeah. I mean, there's just no two ways around it. And this dude is like a beast. Like he's going to attack rehab. Like no one we've ever seen. He already knows what it takes to dudes as gym rat committed as there is, but you're right. He's also in his late twenties. 
I think this might be his last year. He has one more year that's where no money is like owed for his Browns contract. They can get out from under him. And then he's looking for work. Rehabbing uh, a full knee reconstruction because it was multiple ligaments. Again, <laughs> you, ever, you ever seen Earl Campbell walk now? If you call it walking. Oh, fuck. There, there's the future. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we've come a long way, but, you know, he's a. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> if you call it walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. It's not easy to see. And then you're right. I mean, with Adam Thielen, he is full die on the vine, right? Because did he get a – I think he got a multi-year deal. Three-year. Yeah. There's 36. But, uh, well, let's see where the money is. I mean, he's probably good for next year too. But um, they could also trade him. They shouldn't because he's probably more valuable to Bryce Young's development than he is, you know, you know what a day three pick that they get for him. I mean, you know, obviously not comparing the players, but, I mean, how long was – Larry Fitzgerald, good. There are every once in a while one of these guys hangs out. <laughs> yeah, it's just I I thought I saw the end of Thielen last year, um, when he didn't have to be the alpha in an offense. You know, when Justin Jefferson had made life easy on him, um, but he fell into literally the perfect spot in Carolina. Yeah. Um, and good for him. So yeah, he could hold on for another year and you'll take shit. You'll take that at this point for Matt and Thielen because yeah, you're not going to get anything better than a late second or, you know, an upsidey type player for an Adam Thielen at this point in time. It doesn't matter that he's producing so far this year. Everyone's just waiting for it to stop. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that, that's a tough dilemma where when, your values don't align with your league's <laughs> values, right? Because, you know, it's like there's a lot of this, like people are like, well, why won't you trade them? And I'm like, well, I'm not just giving them away, right? It's, you know, like you get these guys that send you these low ball offers and you're just like, and they go, no counter. I'm like, well, you're not even fucking close. Well, I, right? but I you want me to do the to... work here. Like, no, I'm, yeah, I just and, reject it and, and I move I've, on. But I've found that to be true, even with good players. I, 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 I know what I, I was trying to get rid of Tyreek Hill in a league. And my team stinks. I'm tanking. He's clearly the best player on my team. I got nothing except two late firsts. And like, it wasn't even close. Like people were giving me a first and a second and like, not even, not even Brandon cooks level, like a, as a Rowan. And it's like, yeah, this guy's setting records. He could have the greatest NFL. He's on pace to have the greatest NFL season for a wide receiver. I get he's what twenty eight, I think, but it's like if if I can't get three firsts for that guy in the midst, you know, this was after the seventy point game too. It's like what the fuck? What, what can I? What am I going to get for anybody? Yeah, see, Hill didn't do you any favors, right? Because he said when when this contract's done, or when he turns thirty, he's done. So what's it this year and next year? Is, two more years, or is, or is it two more after this? I mean, he's told you the end game, so. Whether that holds true or not, all we can do is take him at his word, right? He's he's now a clear diminishing asset. You know, but if if you're a contender, term, but yes, as a, yeah, sure. I mean, because two that's what the mentality has to be. Yeah, yeah, for that of competition for my late firsts, sure. Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not averse to doing it. I always have an issue with the three first thing. Just my own personal, you know, feelings of trading for anyone in part and with. Three first round picks. I mean, it, it, you're just now he has to be Tyree Kill for the next two years. If he's anything less than Tyree Kill, you're fucked. You're just fucked because you, you, there's nothing. You have no tree, no no ammo to fix it. You have no draft capital to get young talent in anymore. You're going to be trying to move him to someone else for two first round picks. <laughs> you know, to recoup some of your investment or other pieces of it. So it's a huge. It's a huge ask. It's a it's a it's a it's a legitimate ask, but it is a huge ask. I usually cap any offers I'm willing to make at two first round picks. I'll give you players. I don't want to go that far into the future um, of not being able to get young again. Even, even if, if it's two this game. year, I mean, yeah, people just. Yeah. I had a guy in another league, um, a, a known fantasy writer out there. He wanted <laughs> Barkley on a team that I have that just sucks, yeah. and I want to get rid of him. And I, I asked for, I think it was a first this year and a first next year. He was just adamant. I can't give that up. And it's like, you're looking for running back. I'm offering you 
be, yeah. you know, RB2 caliber here. If you're not like, if I can't get a one, two ones, whether, you know, and he's a good team. So you're, you're 12th pick overall the next two years. What the fuck? I can't get anything for him ever. Like it's, yeah. it's turning, you know, it's funny. It's turning into NFL trading where they're like, I'll swap my sixth and my seventh and you mm-hmm. pick up piece of the salary. Yeah. I mean, everyone's, everyone needs to win, right? There's so few people anymore that are okay with a win-win trade. Like I traded for Barkley in a league. You and I um, are in, we have, we have teams in and I gave up my first and I gave up Elijah Moore in the trade. And then he was, he was drawn, he was holding like firm on like he wanted like my fourth round pick or something like that. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Um, would I have given up two first for Barkley and Ellie? Probably. Um, because I'm win now. And Barkley's not going to disappear after this year. Whether he re-signs in New York, he's going to get a multi-year deal somewhere else. He's he's special enough of a running back that even yeah. in this don't pay running backs, he'll get a multi-year deal somewhere else where he'll be the primary running back for mm-hmm. that team. So I'm expecting like three, at least three more years of top 20 production from Saquon Barkley. And that was an easy yes first. And even though I love Elijah Moore, it's still not happening in Cleveland. That was like a sure I'll, I'll move off of that. I probably would have been willing to move to first if push really came to shove in that league because I, I wanted help at running back because I've been dealing with, with injuries and, and production issues. So that's a, that's a reasonable ass, especially from a contender where they have to evaluate and go, is he better than the 112 and like the 110 in 2020, you know, five? And, and, you know, the funny thing with the picks and people value them so much is you, you have to hit both picks. Like, exactly. Yeah. The, the odds are quite low. So, yeah, I, my, I've, I've devalued picks, but it seems like people have gone the opposite direction. But you mentioned Elijah Moore, which brings me to another point I wanted to bring up. He said Elijah Moore is not going to happen and hasn't happened. I'm, I didn't say he's not going to happen. Well, uh, let me be clear. Hasn't happened. He, he, he happened for a five-week stretch two years ago for the Jets before getting injured. But there's a thing where, like, when to cut bait on these guys, right? Yeah. So, like, DJ Chark just isn't going to happen, right? Like, that's done. Darius Tony I mean, yeah, ain't going to happen. Already eight touchdown season. No, it happened, but it's not. Ain't, ain't happening again. Ain't happening. Tony ain't gonna happen. Like like guys yeah, that had an opportunity, not. like Tony, where he gets out there and you know has that what seven drop game. And you go, well, is that it? Do you cut him then? A guy that I was thinking of, two guys I was thinking of actually was the Rams this year coming in. We knew Cup was banged up. They had <laughs> my guy Van Jefferson mm-hmm. and Ben Skoronek, and you go, well, these are probably their two leading receivers coming in. Puka Nakua. Don't see it happening. Tutu Atwell, too small, hasn't happened yet. It, it was two guys. I picked the wrong two. But, like, at what point, you know, waivers start hitting the start of the year, you're looking at guys to cut. Like, if you really think Ben Skoronek is part of this offense and you had no reason not to think that prior to week one, like, what? when do you – when is he the guy you cut to make roster space, right? Two targets. Then one target, then one, then zero, then one, then zero, then zero, then one. I mean, obviously, these last couple of zeros or ones are when Puka's realized Cup is back. So obviously, that's too late. But I'm I'm finding I'm having a rough time cutting guys that in my head I thought, oh, we got a breakout potential here. And then the breakout doesn't come. And I held them too long. And like I missed out on, you know, the waiver run on, on the – the, the Zach Mosses of the world. You go, fuck, I should have cut this guy weeks ago. But you don't know. You know, we talked about Beckham being pissed off. He's not getting targets. Brought him in, paid him this money. And you're like, is this guy cuttable now? Like, wh- I think it's going to happen, but it doesn't happen. So I, I'm noticing having a harder time figuring out when to cut bait. And by the time I cut it, like, it's it becomes a no-brainer. But you've missed out on weeks of other guys you could have plugged in there. So when do you typically go out? Oh, fuck it. It's time to get rid of this guy. Yeah. I mean, John, you're talking to someone who still has LaVisca Chenault in hard <laughs> community leagues. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. There yeah, you go. I'm just like perfect example. I'm like, this is Cordarell Patterson. Like just make him a running back. 
if you give him like 10 carries a game and a couple targets mm-hmm. out of the backfield, like I, I, I see it. I still believe, you know, you mentioned uh, Odell Beckham. I have an unhealthy amount of Rashad Bateman and he's did nothing but disappoint through what three seasons. Yeah. You know, at this yeah. point in time, I still believe there's a world post each word Baltimore <laughs> where he could be something. So I don't think see, he qualifies yeah. for this conversation, but yeah. Do you, you just know, hold them till they trade? I mean, that's a thing too, with dynasty and you mentioned Barkley too, you go, well, things, things can turn up, but that doesn't mean they do. So when do you go, fuck, I got to get rid of this. Yeah, I mean, it's usually by the time you get to that realization, it's too late. Yeah. Right. I mean, like once you finally can distance yourself from your beliefs, you know, like your priors, like it's it, that that's it tells you everything you need to know if you're really just, you know, at a crossroads with a player, right? Who hasn't been in your starting lineup in a year. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's probably time to start cycling the bottom of your roster and hoping that you hit on someone else. Um, I find myself in a lot of deeper leagues, like 12 teams plus leagues where just the waiver wire isn't shit. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's also that where it's just like, okay, well, if it's, if it's him or literally a guy that scored three points so far this year, you know, it's one of the top free agents available. I'll stay with the guy that I, (laughs) that I liked before and just hope and pray that something happens, but yeah, I mean, we still, you know, we, we have our opinions on people and we, it's tough to let go of it. Right. Like we, we've supported Antonio Gibson from day one. That dude's <laughs> more, a fumble. He's a fumble machine. He's a legitimate fumble machine, right? He's super athletic, but he's just not a running back. I'll admit it. He's met. He's not he'll He can't be a 20 touch a game guy. He's just too much of a liability with the ball. But he could be a lot better of a pass catching back on a different offense. So there's still a role for him and a value with him. But uh, I'll admit he shouldn't be seeing 20 carries a game in from an NFL perspective. You know what Brian Robson gives you is far more predictable, and that's what teams want. By and large, they don't want to risk losing the ball over the upside of one potential splash play out of ten. Like. But it sucks. I mean, because you see the talent of the player and then, you know, the production. Antonio Gibson was wildly productive his first couple of years. Yeah. You know, he just had trouble holding on to the ball and it's ended up, you know, it, it ended up being his downfall. You know, and now you just got to hope he ends up somewhere else next year and can revitalize himself, you know, later in his career, a la like a Jerick McKinnon, where you just saw a fair amount of lost seasons and then he lands in the perfect place and, you know, you can use him. You know, for stretches of time, you know, in an offense because he has that type of pass catching upside. But yeah, it's it's easier said than done. We all, you know, it's tough to, you know, when you love someone to to break up with them, right? You gotta let them go and you know, watch them land on someone else's roster and hope that they continue to underperform there. But you know, I don't think there is a right answer. It's just I think when you know, you know, and you just got to be willing to to churn that point in time. I, you know and i kind of brings me to another point which is i think we not you and i but like fantasy people in Royally. general yes yeah we like we need to stop applying logic like what like you know we think he's a great pass catching back he's shown to be a great pass catching back speaking of gibson but uh, washington has repeatedly indicated both verbally and physically on the field that they don't feel the same way. So, you know, we, we mentioned in the weekly episode about Gibbs having this explosion and Oh boy, Gibbs has been realized. Monty's coming back and he's going to get a shit ton of carries. Gibbs might still be valuable getting the past ton work, but there's nothing, you know, your heart tells you, Oh boy, look at Gibbs go, but your mind, you, We've seen this coaching staff do it with other running backs. They've said it so much this year with the two of them. When Montgomery comes back in two weeks, Montgomery is their lead back. Gibbs is the passing guy. I, I refuse. They've told us it's hard to go against seeing what you saw the last couple games and go, oh, well, it's going to be all Gibbs from here on out. No, 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 no. They've told us not. Listen to what they're telling you, dummy. Like, don't, don't. Don't overdo this. I feel like you're talking directly to me. 
Yeah, believe me, I've, I've listened to you. fantasy radio for like six, two, 20 minutes today, and it's all people were talking about. Oh, oh. Gibbs, it's Gibbs breakout. I'm like, no, 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 no. They're going to ruin this for us because they always do. Yes, it, very true. Yeah, yeah. It's we're we are not going to convince big NFL of what they're supposed to do, right? Yeah, and there are only so many forward-thinking coaches still in this day and age. There are still far too many Ron Rivera's, you know, and Dan Campbell's of the world, you know, yeah. that want to pound the rock, you know, <laughs> with with a big back. You know, Mike McCarthy, who wants to use a space back, you know, like <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott was used the, the several years prior. Yeah, I mean, it's just we can't fix stupid, so we we should we should accept it. Um, Another thing I learned is we are experiencing a tight end renaissance, John. I've been shitting on the position a lot lately, no. as much as I love it, um, because of the volatility. But we have a ridiculous amount of young talent at the tight end position. 26 or younger, roughly. We're talking TJ Hawkinson, Sam Laporta, Cole Komet, um, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I still think he's talented. Dalton Kincaid, Musgrave. Luke Musgrave. Michael Meyer next year's class features a few guys that should um, provide the almost Georgia production. Kid. Brock Bowers, even though he picked up the ankle injury, he should be fine. Jatavian Sanders, Jaheim Bell, even Eric all out of Iowa. There's, you know, at least those first three, I think are going to be at least day two picks. Brock Bowers is going to go you know, round one, but the other two guys will probably go round two. Uh, definitely uh, by round three in day two. So, you know, Kelsey's starting to age out a little bit. Um, he, he's not going to disappear, but I mean, you know, Mark Andrews is 28. So I got several years left. Kittle a little bit, you know, older Dallas Goddard, I believe 28 Waller, I think is in that same range. Logan Thomas is beyond 30. I believe four, I think time, you know, so those guys are all in the top 10 right now. Like they're going to start being cycled out for some of this younger talent. And I am, for what I'm here for it. I'm, I love the tight end position. I love the differentiators that you can find you now at the position. And, you know, while I said last year's class was <clears throat> might be a historic class when it's all said and done from a fantasy football perspective, I like the classes coming in next year as well. So you're just talking about, you know, you know, six to, you know, eight new names, you know, that are vying for, you know, the top 12 at the tight end position, just in two draft classes. Um, it's exciting time uh, for the tight end position. So don't get rid of it. Don't dilute it out and make it so you can be like a tight end or like a wide receiver. Keep the tight end position. Make it a premium if you want. Don't if you don't. I don't care about tight end premium. But there should always be a tight end spot in a fantasy football league. Yeah, getting rid of it's just stupid. Like quitters. Why did don't play? You know, if you don't want to like have that type of differentiator. Then so be it. Yeah. You're devaluing some of these top guys as well when you don't Take require 15 it. minutes a week to study tight end matchups and you'll listen, listen to the fantasy 40. Listen to us. Yeah. Like it's not, yeah. it's, it's easy to gain such an advantage on people. That's just it's by a doing huge it. advantage. I, I want more. Like, dude, I'm starting to pick up more two tight end leagues. I'd rather that go that yeah. way. Make yeah. it more of a focus, make it more valuable, you know, than, than it is currently. I mean, I'm some of the leagues I'm in though. It's like when I got in, like picked up an orphan, no one's willing to trade tight ends. Like they literally, the, the value exceeds like quarterbacks in a super flex. When you get oh, the two tight end leagues are the craziest. Oh, the, yeah. You, you listen, the craziest. Good luck. You know, you just got to keep shooting your shot like year after year after year. What? <laughs> if you don't get in there in the startup and get your guys, you're not prying them. You're not prying a tight end out of anyone. It's like the, you, you couldn't get McBride. Even at the beginning of the year, if I said so, full court press, you're not getting them. The dude was the first tight end drafted last year. You're going to have to pull our multiple first to get that guy in a two tight end league. And he hadn't done shit at that point in time. The, the fun thing, though, about those <laughs> leagues is you can flip that, right? So if you think a guy is done and you're like, oh, fuck, I got to get out of here before this before this ship sinks, you can get a king's ransom for you know a guy that you just want to get off your roster. Who was, uh, who like was the Carolina wall? guy that we liked for years? <laughs> Uh, oh goodness gracious! Oh, In, Indiana. Oh, uh, Ian Thomas. Yes, Ian Thomas. Who's I'm when pretty I, sure still old Carolina. Yes, <laughs> you know we, it's funny. We, I, I mentioned earlier. I don't know when to get out on somebody. There you go. I was like, oh, I gotta get out of the the, the earth. 
I got to get out of this business right now. And uh, I was able, yeah, I flipped them for like a second, two years ago. And I'd be like, oh, oh, oh boy. <laughs> been oh, so man. happy. You know, oh, sp- sp- <laughs> Panthers Ian Thomas facing five misdemeanor charges after attempting to ev- evade police last summer. This was a February. It's right now? Yeah, this is February oh. of February 22. Didn't even, didn't even make the news article. That was a year ago. But he was still on the team. Is he not on the team? Still? I think he is. Doesn't matter. Um, th- matter. It, it kind of brings he, me he to this. He is still on the team. Yeah. So Carolina, for example, <laughs> and Thielen, Thielen's thriving there. And there are a lot of teams where, you know, we thought Minnesota might be bad and they had a good passing offense. You go, man, this is going to be a, a garbage time producer. So there is that. Jacksonville had been that for feels like decades. But th- there's a, like a, a middle ground where I'm learning I don't want any secondary players on shitty teams. So, like, the Bears suck. Darnell <laughs> Mooney is just trash now, right? Like, Ouch. that guy is not even on the fantasy radar. We, we keep talking about, uh, well, change, change the scenery. Maybe he gets out of there. But there's tons of guys. I You know, I mentioned getting Wanda Robinson on waivers, but it's like, Okay, the the number two on this fucking horrific Giants offense. I mean, are you ever going to use him? Like, I, I get the upside in best ball and best ball and shit, but look at the Jet. I don't even know who the Jets wide receiver two is right now. Oh, is it Lazard? You don't definitely, want him. Definitely Lazard. No, you don't. So yeah, any of these, anyone on bad teams minus QB wide receiver one, uh, maybe not even tight end one, and and. The, the receiving running back, I need to identify the bad teams in the offseason and just try to trade those guys for anything. Like, I should have traded Mooney, and I mean, no one was looking for him, but anybody that's looking for a wide receiver, I mean, I don't want a fucking third, but the, 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 the potential of a third or flipping a second and a third for a late first is so much better than what you've gotten at a Mooney or Wandell Robinson or fucking Hunter Renfro or just go through the list of the shittiest teams in the league and you go, man, I, I got to get out of the bad team business. I, I have too many guys on shit teams. <laughs> I like that. The bad team business. Well, um, you know, you just steal that narrative, right? Yeah. Breaking news. The Minnesota Vikings are trading with the Arizona Cardinals for quarterback Josh Dobbs. What a fucking year Dobbs has had. <laughs> I mean, what is I mean, that? One, he can't he can't he can't pin down a job, but he takes the Titans into the playoffs. Then he makes like the Cardinals passable. And now he's being shipped to Minnesota because Murray is supposed to be coming back. You know, to to keep them afloat, it it's better than Jaron Hall, right? For these pass catchers, I mean, listen, he just peppered the shit out of Trey McBride this past week. So my TJ Hawkinson shares are feeling yeah. a little better today. Um, he's not good not by any means, <laughs> but he's he's a serviceable veteran. Interesting. Well, at least keep some of these fantasy options afloat. But the reason I brought it up and is breaking news because. I was looking at quarterbacks and do do quarterbacks run anymore? Is that just stopped? That's not a thing. Uh, it, it um Josh Dobbs has the third most rushing yards by a quarterback with 258. Lamar Jackson is leading the league with 380 rushing yards. And that's through well, I mean he's on pace then for what 700-ish? Uh, yeah. What the fuck? That's, it's nothing. It's eight games. It's not terrible. It is terrible, John. What's, what's I mean, Josh, where's Josh Allen? Times. Since you're looking at it, where's Josh Allen? 47 times 17. That's okay. 800 yards for Lamar. That's that's we'll accept it. He had a hundred yard rushing game out of those eight, so he's he hasn't been not on a per game basis. Josh Allen, 189 rushing yards on the year. He does have five touchdowns, but from a yardage perspective, he's just not getting there i mean anthony richardson was at 136 and four touchdowns in like the equivalent of like two games i mean but look there's the cautionary tale right if you run them you end up fucking getting season-ending shoulder surgery four weeks into your career so you have to unless you're 
Yeah, Justin Fields was still there. Justin Fields is 237 and one rushing touchdown on a year, and what he's he's only in six games. So I mean, pacing okay, but I'm just just looking at some of these numbers. I mean, Trevor Lawrence 216 rushing yards, no rushing touchdowns from an athletic quarterback. Daniel Jones 197 and one. I mean, that was a, something that he brought to the game as well. I mean, sucked. You're just looking at these these names on here and the lack of production. I mean, we're still seeing touchdowns, but I just, you know, listen, we were, you know, multiple seasons, we were experiencing thousand yard rushers and, you know, this is the Renaissance mobile quarterbacks and all this and that. I mean, okay. We're still getting touchdowns, but I mean, Jalen hurts isn't running near as much anymore since he got paid. He's also got a bum knee, unfortunately. So we need to just get to our buy. He's got 280 on the season. He's got six touchdowns. He's got a ton probably of one yard touchdowns. <laughs> I was just going to say with, he's with probably 200, 280 carries for 280 yards. <laughs> just <awful>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, he's, he's not been the same from a rushing <laughs> perspective, but you do, I mean, just look at it. I mean, Chris, Josh Dobbs on 47 attempts has 258 yards. Jalen hurts 78 attempts for 280 yards. I mean, it's, it's, it's not the year of the rushing quarterback. I'll tell you that. I mean, sure. Rushing touchdowns helps. Like I said, Lamar with six, Jalen hurt or Lamar five, Jalen hurts with six. What I say, Josh Allen had, five as well i mean shit anthony richardson had four in his short period of time so they're still getting away with it these mobile quarterbacks but quarterbacks aren't running as much as they have that's for you sure know, do, you, do you think it, it we talked about this earlier in the year with you know this this dog shit fake preseason they have and no contact in the offseason and the last couple of years these offenses have come out like they're stuck in the mud and they've sucked and they've sucked. I mean, you talked about, I think, week six or week seven, like record lows across the board. I felt like this week we saw a little more, even though there were some real shit games, I felt like offense overall looked better to me. You know, maybe maybe it's going to take eight weeks from this point forward to get the, the offenses clicking. So take the unders in the first half every season and overs in the second half potentially. But I wonder if that's part of it. Like a lot of these offensives still haven't, fully hit their stride but now that we're halfway they're getting better so maybe we'll see a little more rushing and a little more quarterback production as is, is, you know john i'm looking at fantasy press they're top 12 quarterbacks Tua is quarterback five he has 26 scoreless rushing yards on the season kirk cousins was quarterback six with 25 scoreless yards on the season justin herbert quarterback seven got three touchdowns but only 81 rushing yards on the season sam howell who's mobile one touchdown, 130 yards rushing on the season. Quarterback nine, Jared Goff, two touchdowns, obviously of the one-yard variety, 13 rushing yards on the season. Like, you don't have to – I mean, Justin Herbert's mobile, so is Sam Howell. Um, but you clearly, it's not a it's not a prerequisite right now. Half of the top 12 would not be considered mobile, you know, running quarterbacks. I mean, yeah, more this is uh, – you know, it's that that was the thing. Like you gotta get the guys that run. You have to. It's a cheat code, right? The Konami code, right? Not so far, yeah. Not yeah, this year. This is uh this is Philip Rivers' NFL. He'd be thriving yeah, listen, in this, this. This is big money NFL too, right? These guys get paid and all of a sudden we're not dialing up these run plays anymore. Yeah. Right? I mean, Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson just got paid. So did Justin Herbert this offseason. All three of those guys got paid. And their rushing production has waned, in my opinion. Yeah, the 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 last one I had that was uh, I got some other little ones, but this is an important one that's personal to me. And I I, I talked about it I think last year and and during the off season and and this week eight was a perfect example where we had the buys coming into it. Week eight for whatever reason no, nobody's on the buy that we start the buys again. And I've said this a bunch before. I'm realizing, and I, and I don't know how to fix it. That's my issue. That's what I've learned at the halfway point with this no bye week. I have good depth where my teams really start cleaning up during the season when everyone else is on bye weeks and struggling. I've got guys that I can plug in and fill in admirably while other people are scrambling. But yeah, the first three, four weeks of the season when we're all at full strength, I, I'm looking at a lot of one and threes, two and twos, oh and fours. Then I kind of run the table in the middle of the season. And then 
when the playoffs hit, we're full strength. I'm fucking getting dumped in the first round again. It was the same, <laughs> it was the same thing this week where nobody was on the bye. I got <sighs> fucking murdered across the board in all my leagues. And that's what actually this is what inspired me to do this was fuck. I need to fix this, but I don't know how. Like I'm, you know, these teams are just built like this and and you know, trading any of the, you know, the Darnell Moonies of the world are just getting me whatever. Fingers crossed an early third. And guess what I get with an early third? An, a, a Darnell Mooney clone. Yeah. So I, I don't even see a path. I don't even see a path to fixing this. So I, I really have a, a, a big situation on my hands and it's across every league I'm in. Yeah, I mean, see, you're a depth guy, and I value that as well. And you have to be willing to part with your depth, you know. And I'm not saying it's a stars and scrubs mentality, but you know, we and I suffer from it as well. I love looking at a roster. I'm like, oh man, I love this team, but you can't start half of them, right? And you can't, you you don't want to wish injury on your own team, where your your wide receiver five, who will only ever play one or two weeks a year you know, makes your lineup. It's you, you have to, <clears throat> you have to get off of those guys and consolidate into better talent. Um, you know, and then, and then assume health, right. Because it's all well and good at, you know, just to get through the bye weeks right at the end of the day, but you know, you need to be punching with the heavyweights at the end of the year when bye weeks aren't a thing. Right. So assuming health depth doesn't do you jack. Yeah. I'm fine. When it matters, when it matters, it doesn't. Yeah, it actually hurts you. It makes you have to make tougher decisions too, right? At the end of the year, you know, where you're like, man, like I really want to start this guy or this matchup's great. You're a big matchups guy, right? But you're like, shit, but I got, but I, I know, I know where to put them. Who yeah, do I, I sit? Right. And you're, I mean, you're just covering more, causing yourself more headache than good, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm in a single QB league where I have Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and Joe Barrow. And it's only because value fell in those drafts, sure. single QB league. So they didn't get drafted early. So I kept just scooping them, scooping them, scooping them. Um, where granted last year with injuries and everything else that happened, I, I didn't even, I, I, there wasn't a problem. None of the two of them were healthy at the same time last year, but you know, by and large, when you're in that situation, you're going to make the wrong decision. You're sitting there and you're like, God darn it. You know, like I started Lamar Jackson this past week over Joe Barrow because he was playing Arizona and Joe Barrow was playing San Fran. Well, if I didn't have Lamar Jackson, I would have had to start Joe Barrow. Right. And that would have been, that would have been the better decision. So yeah, move Lamar Jackson, right. In a one QB league, you know, and just, just take your lumps with a Joe Barrow and get better at a different position. But no, I still have Lamar Jackson on my team. I mean, the only way out is to just consolidate stuff. Right. So I give you Mooney and my fourth for your third. And then in the draft, I hope I can move my third and my late second for your early second, right? I mean, that's the only way out. I don't see another path because blowing it up by getting rid of the top guys fucks it up because those are the only guys I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to accumulate high-end talent and get rid of this middle of the pack, which is, is great during the buys. I'm not sweating it. I'm like, oh, this guy's out. Plug this guy in. I'm cool. But yeah, it, it doesn't work when the playoffs come at all, and it doesn't work in the first <laughs> four weeks either. No, no. So it it it, it hinders more than helps uh, when you when you actually take a more macro look uh, at your rosters. So yeah, it's a good lesson. Last thing I've learned, John, is I love fantasy football. <laughs> Every year, I do as much as frustrating as it is. Yeah, you know, and his, you know, cut through. I lost a league this past week, an IDP league, um, when Austin Eckler fumbled at the end of the game and it got recovered by TJ Edwards. I had Eckler and was playing against TJ Edwards. That cost me the week right there. I lost it. <laughs> Eckler points and Edmonds flipped me. I ended up losing a game by like three points because of that play, like a useless play at the end of the game where not only did it have to be my guy that fumbled, but it had to be his one guy on that defense that recovered it. And it happened. Like, imagine how good he felt <laughs> in that moment when it happened. Because I watched a win turn to a loss, but I was like, you know what? I wouldn't trade it. It made me actually care about the the Chargers Bears game. Oh. Yeah, I got a I got a league where I, I'm, I'm 0 eight, and it's they've all literally like 
five of the eight have been bad beats. Heartbreakers. <laughs> I, I showed you that. I think I showed you before. I, I lost. I've lost on the Monday night defense three times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should reconsider that. Or you're, is it because you're playing against a Monday night defense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, gotcha. All right, so you're so, yeah. on your control. I, I don't even mind 0-8 because each week it's like, you got to be fucking kidding uh, so me. So what, was, the Raiders, did you play against the Raiders this week? Or, no, not this yeah, week, but I was killed. Uh, Marcus Peters has a 75-yard pick six. I killed, so, uh, I was beating the guy this week, and then he had uh, the Bajant Cole Komet stack to beat me by three. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. Ah, oh, the 10 catch, yeah, out of nowhere. A week yeah. before, he doesn't have one uh-huh. catch. Yeah. But yeah, he, has, he catches all 10 of his targets. Three, three points. Yeah. yeah, that'll do you. All right. Well, this was a, a fun look. I'm glad I came up with this. Yeah, I, I just realized I'm I'm in trouble in some spots. So hopefully uh, you've had some of these problems yourself out there, and we, we gave you some solutions or at least let you know you're not suffering alone. So that should do it for this little bonus episode. Hope you enjoyed it. For myself, John Debarian, my co-host, Matt Walker. We are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. See ya. I wouldn't dress up if I didn't have the shit and keep doing it. Just as oh. I, I enjoy it at this point, that I just keep doing the same thing mm-hmm. year over year. Yeah, I, I have boxes of costumes for myself. You would. Oh, I love Halloween. You do? Like oh. scary Halloween or just dressing up? Either, both. Okay. Well, I don't like to be scared, but I mean, I like yeah, I scary it. decorations. I don't like scary movies. I'm a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's surprising. Not, not to dress up, Arthur. Not liking scary stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> I like scary decorations, but yeah. Did I, I ever tell you about my wedding? No. Oh, you love this. We had a Halloween themed wedding. It was costume mandatory. Costume mandatory. My whole yeah, my wedding was a Halloween party, basically. That uh okay makes total sense. With you yeah. and your your yeah. your your desire for the extreme. Yeah. Love, love Halloween. Right, yeah, I'm, say, I'm yeah, send me some of those pictures when you get a chance. I don't even know. I don't even know if I have any. I'm totally honest. What were you dressed up as? A groom? I was a groom, and then for the reception, I was going to change. I brought the costume, but, you know, weddings get busy, and there's not time to always do this stuff. I was going to be Pee Wee Herman, but I didn't have time to change into it. Okay. One, that would have been great, but then it does not surprise me at all. <clears throat> Two, you have me looking at Donald Parr in pictures, where it just looks like he's superimposed into the image. Yeah. It's it's. What? There's no way he's only that tall. I refuse to believe it. All right. Round two. Let's rock. All right. <laughs> I can do something that I, I, dude, I've never been more excited for a show I'm less prepared for. Standing. All right. Yeah. Ready? Believe me, I can bitch. <laughs> Got that. Also, good things. You may have learned something positive. Nope. All right. Ready? I'll start at the six minute.